I never thought that I would have fun hiking mountains in full drag and standing in the middle of a creek with a fishing pole in the middle of winter, but it was fun. If Dolly Parton asked you to do it, you do it. Oh, that wasn't your first time standing in a creek in a wig. Come on. <laughs> well, no, but usually that's how I catch a fella. <laughs> oh my God. And are you feeling blessed and highly favored? Always. Hashtag. <laughs> oh God. Hello, 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 squirrel friends. I'm John Polly, a producer on RuPaul's Drag Race and a Drag Race historian. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, or as we like to call it, brought to you by World of Wonder and VH1. This podcast takes you deep inside the big pink furry box that is every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. Each week, I'm joined by drag race icons, as in the queens who have made herstory, to talk about this season and their own drag race experiences. So thank you for listening, and warning, because there's going to be what? Spoilers! So consider yourself warned, people. And to keep up, make sure you watch RuPaul's Drag Race every Friday on VH1 at 8 p.m. 7 Central, or you can watch in select territories on WoW Presents Plus if you're someplace where you can't get VH1. Today, I'm very honored... To be joined by a Drag Race superstar, top three of season seven, one of the legendary queens from All Stars 2, star of the Dolly Parton Love Fest movie on Netflix, Dumplin'. She's been a Work the World hostess. She's a musician, a songwriter, a glamour toad, and one of the finest actors and singers and performers Drag Race has ever seen. Jesus, take her heels. It's Ginger Minge. All of that is true, but I don't do windows. <laughs> I'm trying to like... Uh... Be clever in COVID times. Like, well, you know, I, I haven't showered in five days, so who cares? But <laughs> Save water. Shower with a friend. <laughs> How's the minge in quarantine times? Uh, it's actually, I hate to be like one of those people, but it's been so productive for me. It's been really wonderful. Um, you know, like when you're out on the road, you don't have the opportunity to catch up on everything around the house. So everything has been washed. Everything has been fixed. All the rhinestones have been re-glued. And I've been working on, like, learning how to sew better and learning how to do arts and crafts better. I've turned into Martha Stewart, basically. (laughs) The Martha Stewart of Orlando. (laughs) Mostly because I feel like I'm on house arrest. (laughs) Do you you have an ankle bracelet or at least a good poncho? (laughs) I have a cankle bracelet. Oh my God. Um, um, now, were you a Heidi and Closet fan? We lost our dear Miss Heidi this past week. How could you not be? She is one of the most precious doll babies that has come through our family in a very long time. Do you relate to her, her Southernness? Of course I do. Well, I think I will say that that's one of the uh, really great things about season 12 in general is I feel like for the most part, it's a very relatable cast. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They're they're very likable. Most of them are very likable. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Even the ones that aren't likable, you can still relate to them. Like there's something very human about this cast, and I love that. Who do you love the most, and who you, who are you like? <sighs> well, I have to say, I went into as soon as the cast was announced, I was looking through the pictures and watching the Meet the Queens videos, and I. At first glance, I thought Rock was the bastard love child of Trixie and Kim. 
And I was like, uh, I'm not, I don't know that I'm really going to be into that because I feel like we've seen it a lot recently. And then I watched her meet the Queens and I was like, oh, okay, well, I really like her personality. Then I watched her first episode and I was head over heels. Like <laughs> I am such a huge Rock'em Sakura fan right now. I, I just think she is fantastic and I love what she does. And I think she's so beautiful in and out of drag with just the best personality. So I was devastated when she got eliminated. Yeah. Um, but overall, I really am loving... I love Jackie. I've known Jackie for a while. I've worked with her in New York. And I think she's one of the most talented people I've ever known. Um, I think out of what we've got left, I've really come to love uh, um, Gigi. I think Gigi is my winner at this point. Ooh. Why? Why do you say that? Because she she's taking all of these these fashion influences and believe me, I am not the person who knows about fashion. You are not I'm not the one you're going to come to when you want any kind of fashion advice or critiques. <laughs> but I can recognize the fact that she's taking different influences and kind of turning them on their head. And it reminds me a lot of Violet, you know, I had my own issues with Violet during season seven, mostly because she was so sickening and it frustrated me so badly because I could barely piece together a look. But there's something about somebody that is so young that recognizes these um, important pieces and kind of turns them into something even more beautiful than they were. And it's something that I've learned to really appreciate. And I really appreciate that with her. And I also love the fact that not only is she fashionable? Not only is she pretty, not only is she talented, she's also really funny and campy in her own way. And yeah. I love that. I think she encompasses a lot of the traits that to me, a winner of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race should have, but I also love Jada Essence Hall. So I'm, I'm torn between the two of them. They are definitely my top two, but I think that Gigi, what she has recently shown is kind of what's edging her towards the top for me. All right, all right. The minge has spoken, <laughs> and nobody cares. Oh, please, please. No, you're, 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 you're. Like I say, you're one of the best queens who's ever been on the show, and an astute judge of dragdom. Come on. Well, thank you so much. Now, Whoopi Goldberg was on last week. Are you a Whoopi fan? Who isn't a Whoopi fan? That's a dumb question, maybe. <laughs> what's your favorite movie? Whoopi movie. Um. I have to love her in Color Purple. Uh, she's brilliant in that movie. Um, but I think that my favorite Whoopi Goldberg movie was, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name of it, but it was the dinosaur movie that she did. Oh, Theodore Rex. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> I love it. A deep dive Whoopi dinosaur choice. <laughs> but I remember being so in love with it. When I was younger, we would walk into the video store and there was like that little, uh, the little VHS case with her and that dinosaur on it. And I got it. And I, I don't remember the movie, but I remember watching it on a loop when I was younger and just laughing hysterically. <laughs> I'm going to go watch that as soon as we get done here. Oh my God. Your, next, your acting challenge this week is a dragony version of Theodore Rex. <laughs> I don't think you could get any draggier than that was. Oh my god, that's amazing. I don't mean to like 
cause you PTSD. You're standing back on the drag race stage. Who who's a dream judge you want to see across from you? Well, I saw my dream judge. It was John Waters. Uh, that I mean, that was the highlight pinnacle. Everything of my career like culminated in that moment, and for him to show me love and respect, like it just it doesn't get any better than that. I I loved that. Um, if I had to choose another dream judge that wasn't on my season, oh my goodness, anybody, anybody in the world, like any uh, person, yeah, I would love Tina Turner. Ooh, yes. She, I mean, she's always been my rock goddess and my icon and the person that I love most in the world. Like, even my mom knows in my will, it's going to be Tina Turner and then mom. Like, she is just everything to me. And I think that everything that Tina was famous for is something that applies to the world of drag. Like, the costumes, the hair, the performance aspect, the legs, the beauty. Like, everything about her was just so heightened, yet still so feminine, even if it was rough and rock and roll. I love her, and I would love to see what she would think about what we do. Exactly. Let us dive into this episode. Um, the episode begins, Heidi has departed, the girls walk back into the workroom to process, and then all of a sudden the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know me, I was on All Stars too, and I was expecting people to pop up behind that mirror again. <laughs> oh my god, that was one of the best reveals ever in the history of television. Oh, it was good for you. Because y'all didn't have to sit back behind that mirror with Alyssa Edwards digging those claw fingernails into your arm, listening to everybody in the room talk about her. Genius! And you all came in; it was perfect. It was just—it was like exceeded TV dreams in a way. It was one of those really surreal moments, too. You know, it was like, "Is this really happening?" You're doing it, and you're like, "This is." This is insane, and it's going to be so good and so big, and people are going to really love this. And, I mean, All Stars 2 had a lot of crazy stuff happening, like Adore, Peace Out. Mm-hmm. What do you remember the most about that season for you? About All Stars? Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I barely remember being there. It was all kind of a oh. whirlwind, honestly. Like, it came so close on the heels of season seven for me. And I don't think that I was in the right mental capacity to really dive back into the game at that point. You know, especially when you walk into a room and it's full of people that you've looked up to for so long. And I felt like I had really made my mark on season seven. I was doing really well for myself, but I was still starstruck by the girls around me. So I didn't feel like I was quite at their level and I was self-conscious. I I really kind of held myself back from really performing my best. Now in a challenge, I thought all my challenges were great, but it was everything that surrounded the challenges where I just kind of lost my footing and couldn't get my head in the game. Well, you were the classic example of just gone too soon. Appreciate that. And I loved, was the one good thing about being eliminated when I got eliminated was I specifically told the other girls, do not tell me anything that happens. And I sat down and I watched <laughs> the season and I'm a huge Drag Race fan anyway. So it was so fun for me to watch the rest of that season play out. And knowing, like, kind of the little backstories that set up the drama that (laughs) happened towards the end of the season. 
nobody saw this because it didn't actually air, but Alaska would make me read Bible verses every morning at the work table before Rue came into the workroom. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it was something that was just kind of silly and fun for us to do, but it turned into homework for me. So I would look through the the, the Bible and we would sit there and read a verse uh, that would make us feel confident and, and like ready to attack the day and whatever was next. So it was something that we did that was really fun and it was very sisterly and it made um, a really high stress situation a lot more bearable. Let's talk about this episode. It's so good. It's good. It's good. So they, the girls, anyway, they come back in the workroom for, for, you know, start the new episode, the new day. They're so close to the top. They can smell it, but they can also smell, forgive me, this cheesy segue. They can also smell the cigarette smoke from the casino because the Rumail plays, and it's all about roulette, one-eyed jacks, feeling lucky, showgirls, which means... Well, my favorite movie of all time, Showgirls. <laughs> well, <laughs> I loved... Wasn't it Gigi that said, is Elizabeth Berkley about to show up? Ah, if only. And... Oh, please. Now, that's another one that I would be so jealous if she came into the workroom. She's so iconic. Like, I feel like she embodies what uh a drag race uh acting challenge should be oh, completely so yeah so it's vegas 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 is the theme of the show because and this is so twisted now they're celebrating the rupaul's drag race live show in vegas which launched in january had a, gra- a great like month and a half and then so, like everything else in vegas kind of had to stop down hopefully it will return but yeah it's all about the vegas show so it's a big vegas musical singing dancing challenge which is it sounds fantastic, you know. It it's one of those things where Rue's announcing it, and as soon as you think that's the challenge, she goes, "And you're going to be doing this, and you'll also be doing this." So I'm listening to the instructions, going, "Oh my goodness, how are they going to pull literally three production numbers crammed into one off, plus the looks and the choreography, and then re- writing and recording a verse and." That was a lot. It is a lot. It's hardcore. Yeah. And for the mini challenge, they had to whip up a feathery showgirl like headpiece and stuff. Would you be good at that? Um, no, I'm real good at gluing stuff to other stuff. So I'm sure I could make a headdress. I'm not sure I could uh, make a little bodysuit or something to cover all, all of this, but... <laughs> A headdress I think we'll do okay with. They get together their headdresses. They prance around with a little Vegas mini story they created for themselves. And Gigi wins the mini challenge. Mm-hmm. Did you agree? Who, who would you have voted for? I mean, I think Jada was absolutely beautiful in the challenge. It kind of drives me so crazy because it fascinates me how beautiful her quick drag looks are. Yeah, truly. I mean, like, believe me, I, I, I was a brunch queen for years and years and years. I know what it's like to throw on a, a 10 or 15 minute mug, but she looks so stunning every mini challenge. Yeah. And like, I looked at her and I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I would give you the win just because this is all about being a showgirl. And yeah, it's done and fun, but you just, you look beautiful. You look like you could just go walk out onto the Vegas Strip and do a show. Hello, Flamingo. <laughs> right so i think that i probably would have given the mini challenge win to jada noted noted and 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 i love that the mini challenge prize again like uh it's like sasha Valora winning a a, a burger and not all you can eat burgers a hamburger marries it's like you win a trip to vegas to see the show wow <laughs> what 
and you'll probably be in it by the time you get around to seeing it. <laughs> you get two extra tickets. And then they find out, yes, you're going to be, for the Maxi Challenge, performing a medley of songs from RuPaul's Drag Race Live. they got to write a rap and record it and do some choreography with your friend. Oh, Jamal Sims. <laughs> Now, um, the girls have to write their own lyrics and stuff. You're a songwriter. I think you'd be great at this. Oh, that's the one thing in All-Stars 2 that I was like, oh, I wish I could have made it far enough to do a verse in Reggie Wrote You. Mm. Like, I I want to do one of those challenges. It wasn't, no, season eight was the last one where they did the music video challenge. Right. And then it went to this, like, now we're going to do a live show and you're going to write a song and you're going to do I would love to do that. You'd kill it. You'd kill it. Um, so they're working on their, they, they, they write their lyrics, a couple, you know, like Jade and Chris are a little nervous. They go to record with Leland and Freddie Scott. Um, Jackie has cute, solid, catchy lines. She's got good, good, good flow, I guess you'd say. And then like they do some dancing, you know, like Jada's kind of nervous about her rap and then we get into the dancing and, and she does great. Um, Jackie's dancing and like, who is it? Somebody says she's giving like, did somebody say that she's giving like Disney cartoon daddy tease or some kind of daddy? She always looks like a Disney cartoon person to me. I think it was Gigi that said she's given her like middle-aged dad dancing vibe. Thank you. And, uh, and it's, it's true. <laughs> she certainly was, but Jackie's never been known for her, her rhythm <laughs> and her dance ability. Like that's not where she shines. And I think that that's what made this particular challenge so interesting because everybody brought something completely different to it so you never knew who was going to outshine anybody else or who was going to suffer jada is not a singer she has rhythm when it comes to dancing but she doesn't have flow and was struggling with the lyrics then she gets on stage and she murders it because she's a performer she's a dancer and she killed it um, and then you've got, like, Crystal, who is a great performer, but not necessarily a writer. You've got Jackie, who recorded the verse so well, sounded fantastic, but isn't much of a dancer. Yeah. So, like, you have all these different components coming in. And that, it was such a nail-biter, because even watching the performance, it was like, I don't know what is about to happen and how this is about to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to see these girls on stage. Final eleganza, extravaganza looks. There's going to be spoilers. There's going to be top girls and more ginger. Yeah, tops, bottoms, and everything in between. (laughs) Right after this. And now, a word from World of Wonder and our season 11 sisters, Vanjie and Silky, from Self-Isolation. So what's the word on the curb? What's the word on the curb? You tell me what's the word on the curb. What's the word on the curb? I got up up early to hear what's the word on the curb. Do you know what the word on the curb is? I know what the word on the curb is. The word on the curb. The word on the curb. The word on the curb. Of the curb. On the curb. Curb. Curb that whole word on the curb. Word on the curb. Not word on the street. Word on the curb. The curb. Available every Friday where podcasts are available. Friday for all the podcast freaks, freakily Friday night. Friday, Friday, you, yeah. Listen now wherever you get yours. 
Okay, we are back. I'm talking with the stunning Ginger Minge about episode 12, 12 of season 12. That's a lot of 12s. <laughs> Do we get to the Vegas Rusical? The girls come out in their I Made It opening number, which is all about, you know, a queen arriving at a drag race, finally getting on the show, whatever, just the excitement, the attention, the like wonder. Oh my God, I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> What did you think? I don't want to oversell it, but like, what did you think of the, of the whole show? I mean, I made it the big bump and up and entrance number, and then you have the mirror song, and then you have the losing is a new winning. When it first started, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was a little chaotic, so I was having problem honing in on each girl. Yeah. Uh, then we got to the mirror moments, and it was beautiful. It was like night and day. I was like, oh my god, look at they are acting. They are acting, Mama. Um, and it was just, it was emotional. I mean, of course, the context is a little superficial. It's a little silly. But it, the content within the context was beautiful. And I thought that they each did a really good job of kind of humanizing that and making it really accessible. And then when we got to the end uh, for... Losing is the new... Winning. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to call it the bitch song because the bitch was said more times than I think has ever been said on TV before, <laughs> uh, and I liked it. Um, but I I thought that it really kicked that middle section up a notch, and it was a perfect closer. I loved most of the verses. I loved all of the performances. Um, and there were a few moments in there where it still managed to surprise me. And I've been I've watched hundreds of episodes. <laughs> so, it was it was exciting. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Who stood out for you? Which queen stood out? I thought they all were really good. That was the thing. I Ross was right when he said y'all aren't going to make our jobs easy. <laughs> and I was like, I can actually watch this one and go, you're right. I cannot pick a clear winner and a clear loser out of this challenge, which doesn't usually happen. Um. I thought that Gigi was really good. I thought that she was very polished and poised. And I loved her little butt slide on the stage. I thought that was a great moment. <laughs> um, I thought the one who really killed the performance for me was Crystal. I loved her performance. It was so fun. It was so funny. I thought that it was the clearest example of personality. Because, you know, the verses are supposed to be about you and what you bring and who you are. And I feel like she was the one that really encompassed that within the verse, within uh, the choreography, within the look, the performance, everything. Um, Jada was great. She was really, really good. Her verse turned out to be super cute. Um, I thought that Jackie did great. I agree that I would not have worn that wig because it seemed very restrictive to her. It, it seemed like she couldn't move her head around. Yeah. And when you're doing choreography where you've got to throw your head back and forth, like you, you can't dumb down the choreography for the sake of wearing a wig. Right, right, right. Very true. I like all of this. And then we get to the runway and for their final eleganza extravaganza look. Crystal is kind of a blue genie. I was getting Jombie from Pee Wee's Playhouse full body vibes. <laughs> all I could think of was I was picturing in my head RuPaul saying, oh girl, you've always got a friend in me. <laughs> she 
she just exuded like this total Aladdin genie, um, I'm going to make all your wishes come true kind of fantasy. Yes. And then Gigi comes out in her headgear and her kind of like dorky prom girl tux prom thing. What did you think of it? Instantly iconic. (laughs) I can already see all of the fan art on Instagram popping up. I can already see like people drawing it and bringing it to her at shows. I can see people dressing up like that at DragCon. Like, it's one of those types of outfits, a lot like uh, like Trixie's um, school teacher with the books on her head, that sexy librarian mm-hmm. kind of look. It's another one of those that I think people are going to connect with so instantly, and we're going to see it everywhere, which I'm not mad at because I loved it. It's a whole story and a look, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I will say, you know, my six years between season seven and now... I've grown to appreciate fashion so much more. So it it really kind of excites me to be able to look at things and pull them apart, like all the different aspects apart with my eyes and see what things really kind of pop out at me and what I appreciate and all that kind of, I love when outfits can tell a story because it makes me excited about fashion. Me who was never a fashion person, never spent the the time with the magazines or the books or watching the show. It excites me. And if you can excite me with fashion, I think that that really means that it's going to speak to a really wide group of people. Totally, totally, totally. But also don't sell yourself short because I've also been seeing your Instagrams during during the last few months and you are killing it with <laughs> looks and just these well-produced, and I don't mean produced in like a artificial way, but these well-presented, thoughtful, funny, and stunning-looking like photos and s- concepts and photo shoots and ideas and stories. They're great. Well, thank you. And one thing that I've really worked hard on since season seven, but particularly during this quarantine, is learning how to sew better. (laughs) Because I always have good ideas in my head. Well, what I think are good ideas in my head. But I never quite know how to translate that to somebody making something for me. So my best friend Gidget, yes, tell Katya I've moved on. (laughs) (laughs) also everyone everyone should have a best friend named gidget so thank you for that yeah well and the thing is you can have more than one best friend and a lot of people don't understand that because different people represent different aspects of your life of course um that's just a a sidetrack moment anyway so gidget is a really incredible uh costume designer and seamstress so she's been teaching me how to execute the ideas that i have So we've been sitting down every night. I was up until five o'clock this morning making new dresses for another show that we're going to do. And I've just learned how to really kind of take it from my mind uh, out into reality. So I'm learning about fashion. I'm learning how to do these things. And I'm feeling more comfortable in my skin because I'm really being able to present looks that like like I see them in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be so gratifying. It is, and it's fun. I never knew it was fun. <laughs> uh, well, back on the stage, uh, we got Jackie Cox in this polka dot fantasy with this kind of Marge Simpson meets Peggy Sue got married kind of gorgeous moment. It was beautiful, but I completely, I was waiting for Michelle to clock it, and she certainly did. You could see the hoop skirt and the layers of crinoline. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like if she had stood on a box or a table or a chair and let somebody just run around the edge of that with a scissor uh, and just turned it under real quick, it would have made such a huge difference. Because mm. it was a beautiful look. It was a lot of look, but it was a beautiful look. And you, your eye automatically went to the bottom of the look, which was kind of... It looked a little dented. It looked a little floppy, a little flimsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really distracted from what could have been just breathtaking. That seems totally fair and accurate and 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 perceptive. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Jada was also just like dipped in gold. Perfection. Right? Yeah, it was a beautiful runway. Yeah, yeah. And then the, it's time to judge and... Like you were saying earlier, it's also hard because they were also pretty great in the musical. They all look great on the runway. So kind of in a, not in a surprise, but it kind of does come down in a way that doesn't always happen on Drag Race to like full on track record. Yeah. Like, like who's got the most wins? Who's, 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 you know, yeah, got the most to show for that at this, at this point in the competition to determine who, who has to lip sync. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a good position to be in. It's a hard position to be in for the judges, but it's also a really good position because that means you're creating great content. Yeah. Well, Gigi is declared the winner. Ba-ba-dum. She was fabulous. I did not expect her to win the challenge. I, I will say, I thought she was great and fully capable of it, but I really thought Crystal was going to win the challenge. <laughs> And then um, Jada's save, Sherry's save, because again, it seems like the track record of the you know the whole season is coming into play, mm-hmm. and so, which which ends up with um, a Jackie and Crystal Method lip sync for their lives. Yeah, they're in the bottom. <laughs> and God bless Jackie for lip syncing in that giant gown to J Lo. To J Lo, <laughs> which I, I was actually thrilled because that's a really fun song. Because sometimes J Lo songs are a little—I don't know—I don't mean to sound like I know anything, but they're a little kind of like slick and not as emotional. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But that one was like a fun. It had a lot of like I don't know, maybe because there's just the, the music is is has elements of like different styles of music in it, and it's camp, and it, as well as being just like a fierce dance dance track you know it's yeah anyway i thought it was a, a good well song. and, and it, it really kind of lends itself to being campy and fun and funny if you're not necessarily a dancer so it was really it was fun to see them do this lip sync and you know we haven't seen crystal lip sync the entire competition well lip sync right. for her life yeah she blew it out of the park like she was I, I i love jackie and i thought jackie was great but i was so mesmerized by crystal because i had never seen her perform as her yeah yeah like just in her element doing her thing and it was so fun to watch and she was a lot dancier and, and slicker than i really thought that she would have been in my mind as this like wackadoodle blue velvet genie yeah, exactly. And there was something about her face, the highlight on her face, mm-hmm. that reminded me so much of Roxy Andrews. Mm. There was something about the way it just kind of shaped her face that I was like, oh my gosh, you're giving me Roxy Andrews tease right now. And I loved it. Like, I totally lived for it. It was a very different look. 
than I think we've seen from her the entire time. Yeah, yeah. No, she looked gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And she did. And so completely her. Yeah. So, comes down to, Rue says, I've made my decision. And she says, Crystal, Shantae, you stay. Which means Jackie is not going forward. What did you think? Um, well, you know, I, I can't disagree. Well, I think Jackie's placement in the competition is so important culturally because she's somebody who has never shied away from her heritage or her roots or who she is. Something that's not necessarily accessible to everyone in the world, she doesn't back away from. She wears it as a badge of honor, and it makes us as an audience want to understand this more, want to uh, really embrace it and appreciate it more. So I think that it's really important that 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 representation is there. Representation definitely matters. Celebrating her Iranian heritage and what that means in terms of drag and being a queer person is pretty powerful. And I know that she'll continue to do that, but there was something that was really exciting about Crystal's performance. So if you're judging it, if, if you're going into this lip sync on equal footing and one person kind of just blows the other one out of the water with the energy and the just everything about her performance was so mesmerizing that I feel um, it makes sense. Like you, you just can't argue with it. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, and Crystal's journey through the whole, uh, the whole show has been really fun to watch. So it kind of all, I think it all makes sense. Yeah. It does, and it's. I, there's so many people that are rooting for her. I'm rooting for her. Like I'm rooting for them all right now. I'm just so excited and thrilled with this entire season. Yes, I think that drag at its core, whether it's being uh, silly or funny or thought provoking or whatever, it should always teach you something. It should always open your eyes to something that you may not be aware of. Amen, sister. <laughs> Thank you for putting that so eloquently and for talking today, for talking about the episode, for being fantastic, for performing your buttocks off during these quarantine times. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys uh, always reaching out to me because, you know, I love everybody over there. And I'm so excited to just watch how the rest of this plays out this season. Same. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, especially now with everything going on in this quarantine, I can't wait to see how this turns out. <laughs> True. And, and, and what else will we be seeing from you in the next few weeks? I'm actually co-hosting the Digital Drag Fest Awards with Gidget Galore. Um, so not only are we nominated, we are also the hostesses. And if we don't win, I'm still giving an acceptance speech because I have camera time. Thank you. <laughs> I am also this weekend doing my uh on saturday i'm doing my um my show in conjunction with the grammy museum about queer songwriters and songwriting yes i saw that which is very exciting because i've been working on my next album for the last two and a half years and we're we're finally going to release it in july and i'm previewing some of the album this saturday at the show so i'm really excited about that what's the album going to be called this is a world exclusive. Mm. It's actually going to be called Gummy Bear because those stupid videos of me silently and judgmentally eating gummy bears took off and became a thing. 
And I, I, you know, I love gummy bears. So everybody keeps asking, can I get more gummy bear videos? Can we do this? Can we eat gummy bears? I was on my Christmas tour last year and I did two nights in the UK, three nights in the UK. I had to go buy two more suitcases to get back all of the gummy bears that the fans brought me during the meet and greet. Oh my God. That's crazy. Three huge suitcases. <laughs> From Primark, full of gummy bears from all around the, the country, you know, and it's it's something that became identifiable with me, and it's just it was fun, and it kind of uh, embodied all that this album is. It's because this album is totally different from the first one, which I call my Adele album. I was really caught up in my feelings <laughs> and singing sad songs about things that made me sad, and I needed to just kind of release it. The first album was therapy. This one is just fun. Well, we'll look forward to seeing everything from you. New music, Digital Drag Awards, the whole shebang. Yeah, and then I'm going to get back out there on the road. Oh, and I've been doing the Golden Pandemic um, with Wow Presents, which has been so fun. Yes! You guys are so cute, and so it's, it's golden. It's golden. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very, 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 very much for talking to us. Um, follow Ginger Mend. Keep abreast of her activities. She's got a lot going on always. <laughs> yes, mostly with my abreast. <laughs> <laughs> Ginger Mend, thank you very much. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. New York to California, see the shining sea.